0: Welcome to the third and final episode of the Earth Observation to Policy podcast series, organized by IWA's Earth Observation for Water Management Community of Practice. If you're joining us for the first time today, the Community of Practice is a subgroup of the IWA Digital Water Program that brings together experts from different sectors of the water industry interested in the use of Earth Observation technologies for improved water quality and quantity management. I'm Yunus abomba member of the steering committee for this community of practice. I'm the Water Resource Quality Research Manager at the Water Research Commission in South Africa. I joined the IWA Earth Observation Corp as I have been managing a number of projects funded by the Water Research Commission which focus on using EO applications to solve water quality related issues. I wanted to share the experiences of WRC on an international platform as well as learn from others. This is the third and final podcast in the series promoting the webinar Science to Policy: From Earth Observation to Legislation. This Webinar is coming up on Friday, 18th, November, 2022 at two o'clock London time. The series explores the challenges and success factors of using EO services for evidence-based policy and national legislation in general and also in specific contexts. My final guest today is Thorsten Bondo, Business Development Manager at DHI. Dr. Bondo is the co-founder of Cessnomic, a company that develops climate resilience services for the agricultural sector. Prior to this, he has worked in the European Space Agency, supporting the European Earth Observation industry through the mapping of ecosystem services for donor organizations and international finance institutions. Currently, he works with Partnerships Innovation and Business Development at DHI. Torsten, welcome to the podcast today.
1: Thank you very much. It's, It's good to be here.
0: Awesome. So I think we're just going to dive straight into the questions for today. And I'm looking forward to hearing your responses. So Torsten, over the course of your career, how would you describe the development and application of EO tools and services? Has there been any significant progress?
1: Well, there there certainly has. I've been working in this field for almost uh, 15 years. And prior to that, I had a science background, did my PhD in climate change uh, using uh, satellite data. And I've seen this career changing quite a lot over the years. When I started working with this, there were not that many sensors available. There were not that many satellites and there were not a global coverage at all. And what has happened over the years is that uh, satellite data has moved into being more of a research topic into being an operational service that you can use to a multitude of purposes. So we have now reached a point where satellite data offer continuous uh, data acquisition. They cover the globe constantly with multi-scale and multi-sensor capabilities. We have loads of different sensors covering the Earth and giving environmental parameters for a multitude of purposes also. We also have an archive of satellite data that really allows us to see the changing planet over a 30 year period almost. So a lot has changed also, but not only from the satellite point of view, but also from the um, IT side of things. We have much faster computers, we have cloud processing, we have um, AI and machine learning that allows to analyze images in different ways. This again has uh, led to new opportunities and I think this is just the beginning. We will continue seeing the launch of new sensors and the development of uh, of new IT tools that can help this area develop even further to deliver operational services for, for many good purposes. So I think it has changed a lot.
0: You mentioned um, the fact that there's sort of better improved storage, obviously, data connectivity. Would you say then that the cost of your applications and tools has also changed over time, maybe becoming more affordable in your customer base as well?
1: It, it very much has. A, a lot of the uh, the data are provided by the biggest space agencies that offer free of charge data at a very high resolution now, which you can build commercial services on top of. But you can also uh, work with these in, in national institutes, in, in governments, uh, uh, so so there's a lot of uh, free services and opportunities out there also on the it side of things there has been a huge development in the open source aspects of working with satellite data so a lot of the tools that used to be, be commercial are now open source and freely available also and a lot of the processing of um, satellite data can also be done in the cloud and there by service a much larger community that don't have access to to it hardware on their sites and premises so, I think uh, cost effective uh, solutions is, is, is very much reachable and being used uh, already.
0: Awesome. So, with this constant development, where do you hope to see the future of Earth observation use in natural resource management?
1: i think it's an evolution that is uh, going to be uh, developing by itself i think uh, what we're seeing now is a lot of universities take this technology on a lot of startups and, and and small companies use this technology and you have this new many sensors coming so so what is happening right now is building itself this ecosystem of of services and technologies available for supporting the environment so i i don't see this as um, anything that uh, that needs guidance per se i think it's it's happening by itself right now but there's a lot of Good changes at the same time happening at, at larger levels in the space agencies where they try to steer developments towards certain areas. Uh, for instance, the, the carbon monitoring, uh, there are discussions on, on how to do this best and satellites being la- launched towards this. The STG indicator is another aspect where you can use satellite data also. So I think from all aspects of how you do environmental monitoring, you will see that a lot of this can be covered and, and saw by, by using Earth observation data. So it's certainly uh, doable. And uh, I will get back to this in the water domain in, in the upcoming seminar.
0: I think in terms of water resource management, I know there are a number of countries that use regulatory tools such as, you know, water use licenses. And this webinar is really about from science to policy. So how do you think EO will assist with those types of tools?
1: In the policy domain, there's a lot going on also where, where where these techniques and technologies are being utilized. The Paris Agreement, there's a lot happening there in terms of monitoring CO2, reporting on the national designated contributions. Some of this can be covered by satellite data also, forest monitoring, deforestation, uh, land degradation, etc. This is very much linked also to the uh, Sustainable Development Agenda, the SDGs, where a number of the indicators are already being monitored and covered by the satellite observation. This goes uh, among other things for, for, for freshwater, uh, the one that we are closely working with, where satellites are being used to uh, monitor freshwater, lakes, rivers, wetlands, information that then will be going into an- analytical tools and be converted into statistical information that is provided to the UN member countries in terms of reporting on, their, on the SDG indicators. So a lot is happening in this domain also. But also for disaster risk reduction, the Sendai framework, um, there are a number of operational satellites that can help contribute with early warning systems in terms of floods and disasters, but also provide the operational support once the disaster has struck in terms of providing maps on, on flooded areas and cities that have been prone to earthquakes, etc. So there are lots of available information there also which uh, can be used by government agencies and policymakers. So I think this is certainly not also stopping and there's a lot of, um, of, of new opportunities there also. And a lot of governments already work with these um, technologies
0: you touched a little bit on the SDG um, indicators and I just want to follow up on that so we have about seven years to achieve the SDGs I know there's been a lot of talk around the fact that some SDG goals will not be met by 2030 but given what you know about EO how do you think observation can help to speed up achieving some of these goals and maybe you can just give us examples of particular goals that you know will maybe be achieved or likely to be achieved with um, EO
1: yeah I Because I think it's something that requires uh, careful thinking, because uh, for some of the indicators, you can end up with a methodology that is too complicated for the countries to report on. And then you'll have the case that some indicators will not receive data from certain countries because the methodology is too complicated. And this is where I think Earth observation really has a strength where this global observation capability handled by certain custodian agencies, for instance, the FAO, the UN Environment Programme, can really help in gathering large scale global information and Putting this to use in the SDG context by developing frameworks and indicators that are reported for all uh, UN member countries. So you avoid this problem in having some indicators that are too difficult to report on. And to give you an, an example on this for water, we are working closely with the UN Environment Programme on providing information for the SDGs six on 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 water, especially the target six six, where the aim is to protect and restore water freshwater ecosystems. And there are indicators on how to track changes in in these water related ecosystems. And here there are global datasets that are used to report on this SDG indicator, and it's. It's working, it's operational, and it's already being used as a framework for the countries, allowing the countries to see the changes in freshwater ecosystem, mm-hmm. allowing them then, then again to act upon the changes that they see and, and and hopefully restore some of the negative changes that they see. So this is a, a real good example of an SDG indicator framework based on satellite data that is already operational and working. And for forestry, it's a similar indicator also that's also based on 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 satellite data and changes in in this so a real good opportunity is to to go through the other i think there's 230 indicators so to, to see are there any other options to utilize earth observation to to help this indicator framework and i think there are there are plenty of these environmental parameters which could be assisted by satellite data and earth observation
0: Thank you, Torsten, for that. So I think, in terms of running up our conversation today, um, thank you so much for taking us through your journey of the use of Earth observation right from the beginning to I think what we can now term almost the democratization of EO. Sharing your experiences on how open software has allowed different customers, communities, governments to access EO applications, as well as obviously improved data connectivity. Um, it's nice to really hear about your experiences um, so far, and I. I think also you um, rounded off our conversation nicely with the fact that the SDGs can be achieved if we obviously use something like Earth Observation to make sure we gather the correct data then to be able to map out what indicators still need to be worked on. So, Austin, I'd like to thank you today for the conversation that we had. And I'm going to conclude our podcast. I think it's safe to say that this webinar will be packed with interesting and intriguing information on EO and its many applications, especially informing policy. Torsten, once again, thank you for joining us today. Your curiosity for science, space, technology, and the environment have definitely driven your diverse career, and we're eager to learn more from you in this webinar. Thanks. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for this final episode in the entire series. Thank you to our previous guests, Dr. Mark Matthews and Alexandra Bell for adding their voices to the conversation. Torsten, Mark, and Alexandra will be speaking during the upcoming webinar, so you don't want to miss it. Our webinar on Science to Policy from Earth Observation to Legislation is coming up on Friday 18th November at 2pm London time. The link to register is in the description below. Join us and get involved in the discussion.